is the Pilot Life Podcast, the show that covers all topics of aviation. My name is Ray Maldonado, professional pilot and instructor. Thanks for tuning in and making your choice to become a better pilot. In this show, we do not only motivate and inspire, but give insight to the aviation lifestyle. Let's get started. Hello, if you are new here, welcome to the Pilot Life Podcast. If you are returning, I thank you. I thought for today's episode of The Jump Seat, I'd take you guys through a day in the life as a pilot. What my process is like when I go to work and what does it consist of when I'm out flying on the line. For those of you that don't know, the type of flying that I do is a little bit different. The company I work for, we do a combination of medevac flying and charter work. This means besides transporting people around the world, point A to point B, we also have the capability of transporting time-sensitive organs and patients. In my opinion, it feels and it creates a deeper meaning to the work that we do day in and day out. Either way, I pack my flight bag the exact same way. This bag rarely ever changes, and what I have in there is essential for me to fulfill my work as a pilot. The items that I have in there aren't too complicated than what maybe a typical person in flight school would have, with a couple different things. So to list a few of them, I have two iPads, a power bank, headset, a spare set of sunglasses, a couple batteries, my AV wallet to hold all my documents, and a few pens. Over time, flying as a on-demand pilot, I have realized to bring a few extra things along the way. Things that will get me out of a tight situation. Like, if you're trying to get back into your home airport, and it turns out it closes due to visibility or weather. So, that's why I have a couple other things, like a toothbrush, and an extra set of clothes in case I need it, because we spend the night somewhere. Because out flying, you never know when you may get stuck. You're supposed to make it home that night, but instead you find yourself stranded out in the middle of nowhere due to the airplane breaking, the weather, or even the passengers, right? They change their plans and they want to stay an extra night. Either way, as I mentioned, my flight bag rarely changes. So, my day starts like most people that have a 9 to 5. I wake up for my trip, I try to wake up a little bit earlier so that way I can make myself some breakfast and I don't feel like I have to rush. The reason I always try to eat some breakfast in the morning is because I don't really know when's the next time I'm going to eat. We get busy. We lose track of time. And by the time that we notice that we have not ate anything or that we're starving, it's always when we're up at altitude. And for some reason, when you're stuck at flight level 450, 45,000 feet, it's a little bit tough to find food. So I try to eat before I leave my place. During the time that I eat breakfast and I sit down, I also start reviewing my documents for the flight. Passenger counts, airplane documents, airports, notams, flight plan, weight and balance, and the performance. I I look over all these things I eat because it's like my time to prepare myself ahead ahead of the flight, making sure that my mindset is in the right place before I even show up to the airport. That way, if there's any kind of discrepancy in any kind of the paperwork or the airport, I could go ahead and address it as soon as I arrive to work. I don't have to find out before we're leaving. So when I arrive at the airport, I check in with our dispatch office, make sure everything's okay. I grab the necessary paperwork. Um, I ask if there's any changes to any of the flight plan, so maybe if there's any changes in uh, our schedule or itinerary. 
and just make sure that my information is the absolute latest that it could be. If you've been in the aviation industry, from a student pilot to maybe a commercial pilot, all the way up to a professional pilot, or even a dispatcher, everything is subject to change. This is why I double and triple check it. Once I make sure I have the latest information, I go out to the airplane. And as I'm walking out to the airplane, looking at it, I am already inspecting it, making sure everything looks normal, you know? Do I have enough tires on there? Is there a big dent in the side of my wing? Just getting a larger picture of it all. When I get inside, I go ahead, if the GPU isn't plugged in already, I fire up the APU. That way I can start cooling off the airplane in the Texas heat. Once the airplane is cooled off, I go ahead and I wait for the SIC to arrive. And as they're coming on in, what I do is I start running my performance number. I want to make sure that it is the latest and most up-to-date information I possibly could have. But like I said, having the latest parameters in there makes sure that I have the most accurate numbers possible. Wind, runway conditions, passenger counts, weights, luggage weights, all that stuff we have to factor in. Once I have the updated numbers, performance for the airplane, runway, and our departure destination, we go ahead and we wait for the passengers to arrive. All the checks on the aircraft were done, all my checks for the aircraft, and the aircraft performance numbers are ran, so we just go ahead and we wait around. Sometimes they show up early, sometimes they run a little bit late, you just never know what's going to be. Once they arrive, we load up all the bags, and then we let them board the aircraft. After that, we turn everything on, and we're on our way. Some of my favorite trips, though, are ones that become a vacation. That you have a trip that lines up perfectly. You're not just there for a quick turn, and you're out. You can stay there a couple nights. Those are the absolute best, in my opinion. Because you get to make a little something out of it. Although, at the same time, nothing beats being at home every single night. That is what... I love about my job. Overnights are actually rare. And for a pilot, that is extremely rare because most people think, oh, as a pilot, you're always gone. You're never home. And, you know, it depends. Sometimes that's the case. Sometimes it's not. In my current conditions, the way I, we work at my company, it's actually rare that we do overnights. Most of the time, we are assigned day trips where we go pick up some people, drop them off, and we still make it home that exact night. It's a great feeling when you know you're going across the country or even to a different country and you still could make it home to sleep in your own bed that same night. A great example of this is the past couple weeks. We went to Costa Rica and Canada, two separate trips, of course, but they're all day trips. One of them, we'd go up to Canada, drop some people off, come on back. The other one is Costa Rica. We'd go down there, drop some people off, and then we come on back. Like I said, we're able to make it home within the exact same day. Once the trip is over... It is over by definition of being on the ground, engines are shut off, and we have finished for the day. We begin to put the airplane away. Since our aircraft doesn't have a flight attendant, that falls on us to clean out the interior, to pick up the trash, and do the restocking for the aircraft. The reason for us it's so important to ensure the aircraft is stocked is for the next crew. Because since we also do medevac flying, we don't know if there's going to be a crew behind us that gets ASAPed. The moment that they answer that phone, they need to get to the airport as quickly as possible. It could be because of a trip that just dropped at the last minute, but actually 9 out of 10 times, is you are going to go rescue another crew that got stranded. 
great example of that is when it actually happened to me out in Louisiana. We were in Hammond, Louisiana, trying to get back home, and we actually had a heart on board. So, to give you guys a little bit of a background here, uh, hearts, once they're out of the body, they only last about four hours. So, they have roughly about a four-hour shelf life, same thing with lungs, and then kidneys, pancreas, and kid, no, kidneys, pancreas, and liver have about seven hours that they can survive outside the body. Like I mentioned, we had a heart on board. We're ready to go home. We're starting up the engines. Start the left side. Nothing. Starter is engaged. It's on. And nothing's turning. Very concerning. Okay, but that's why we have two engines. So we go ahead and we start the right side. No problem. Right side fires up. Let's go back to the left. Turns out our starter ended up quitting that night. This must have been like two or three in the morning. Our starter quits. And then now I'm left with a situation with a heart in the back, broken airplane, and I need to figure out what am I going to do to get this heart to its destination before it expires. Like I said, when we get asap it is to go do rescue missions, and there's a couple guys that got called in the middle of the night. They told them they had to hurry up, get over here to Hammond, Louisiana, pick us up, and then we're going to go drop off the heart in Dallas, Texas. Yes, the heart survived, and we actually made it with just a couple minutes to spare. So it worked out. That is a huge plus, but also a big negative, right? Being called out in the middle of the night at 2 a.m., not everybody's favorite, but when you get to be home every single night, most of the time, it really makes up for it. Another difference, uh, besides just doing a charter flight where we go drop off people, the medical flights, these are some of the favorite flights that we do because we go we pick up a medical team and for the most part it's the same people we just take them all over the country wherever they need to go because the cases the case that they're on to go harvest the organ is always different so it takes us to all kind of different places around the country and it really makes it for an exciting day my absolute favorite part is when we land at our destination we also go out and get some food <laughs> so we all go out to eat but we also pick up the doctors some food for them as well because they're also stuck at the ER for several hours so we make sure they have something when we come on back nothing makes them happier than having a nice warm meal when they're done with their surgery and with that I have realized that the flying that I do day to day has a deeper meaning and I couldn't ask for a better job I absolutely love what I do Thinking back to when I was a kid, right now I'm doing exactly what I dreamt I would be doing as a child. I couldn't be any happier. If there's any of you guys that have any thoughts about maybe I want to fly, or hey, even you thought as a child you wanted to be a pilot, you're never too old to start trying. If it's something that even gives you a little bit of interest and piques your attention, just go try. Only thing that you will be missing out on is the opportunity to try. So go out there, take a discovery flight, go up for your first lesson and see if this is something that absolutely sticks with you. Don't wait to start your career. Or if you're a young teenager, to get started. Flying has been the most fulfilling thing that I have done and I only want to continue it. Don't wait. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions about what you heard today or have any topics you would like here discussed, send me an email at the pilot's life podcast at gmail.com. I'll talk to you guys on the next one. <laughs>